Star Wars 7x7, episode 754. Today we continue our series of interviews from Star Wars Celebration Europe with Jason Fry, Star Wars author extraordinaire. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Alvin Johnson with the 501st Legion, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and Jason Fry is quite the busy man. If you check out his profile on Wikipedia, you will see that he has contributed to a number of books, both fiction and nonfiction, as well as Star Wars Insider magazine. He has been very prolific. Most recently, you're probably familiar with his work from Incredible Cross Sections for The Force Awakens, as well as Moving Target, which he co-wrote, and Weapon of a Jedi, which he wrote, and as you heard in the interview with Michael Siglane last week, the creative director for Lucasfilm Publishing, Jason is actually adapting his book, which was for middle grade readers, The Weapon of a Jedi, for younger readers as well, which is quite an interesting project and one that Lucasfilm hasn't really done in the past, mining its material in that way. So Jason, of course, has other irons in the fire too, but we caught up with him at Celebration Europe on the final day, the Sunday, as it turns out. We'd been like ships passing in the night, as it were, and I managed to run into him and say, hey, now's the perfect time, and he said, hey, now's the perfect time, and so it was exactly the perfect time, and so I asked him the question I've been asking everybody else, what's most exciting to you about Star Wars right now? And here is his response. Right, what excites me most about Star Wars right now is is something you see right at this convention, is that, um, you know, there, there isn't any one Star Wars. There isn't any one Star Wars you have to like or you know be a huge fan of uh, to be a Star Wars fan. I was walking down the hall yesterday and I passed like a Lando, um, a Qui-Gon, uh, an Ahsoka, a Rey, uh, a Sabine, um, a Mara Jade. Like all in, and there it was. There was you know kind of every iteration of the saga right there, and and all those folks were having the time of their lives. I mean, the, the woman dressed as Mara Jade was having a great time. Uh, the guy dressed as Lando was having a great time. And, you know, it's, it's all coming together. And you see it here that, you know, everybody, really, everybody has their own Star Wars. And for some of us old folks, it was the uh, classic trilogy. And then, you know, for some now no longer quite so young folks, it was the prequels or Clone Wars or Rebels or Episode Seven, And... I know, that's what just makes me so excited is that you know everyone has an entry point and um, and something to kind of call their own, and then they can go from there and you know and enjoy all the new stuff coming and being knit together by more and more stories. Fantastic! And you've sort of partially answered the question I want to ask you next, which is: Is there a particular segment of Star Wars fandom that appeals to you specifically? Um, well, I'm you know, I'm 47, so I've always been a classic trilogy guy. And but you know, like I said, that's really just timing. I mean, I was eight years old when uh, my folks took me to what you know we didn't call a New Hope then, but that's what we call it now. Um, and I was I was an eight-year-old kid who loved stories and writing and making up my own adventures. And uh, you know, there was Princess Leia's ship shooting across the screen, and then Darth Vader's Star Destroyer just coming and coming and coming and by the time I saw the engines of that of that thing I was just absolutely hooked uh, yeah, and yeah. riveted and it changed everything that I, I do and every, every way that I think about stories 
So being a writer, uh, did you actually end up playing with action figures as a kid, and did that fire your imagination, or were you writing stories as a kid too? Or? Oh yeah, both, both. Um, it's funny, um, you know, Weapon of a Jedi, the the Luke book uh, that I wrote, um, you know, is essentially Luke and C three PO and R two D two on a jungle planet trying to find a temple, and the first three Kenner action figures I had were C-3PO and R2-D2. They were the first two I could yeah. afford, and okay. I, I thought long and hard about it. what are the first two figures, and I was like, I'll get the droids, because I remember they had had, you know, solo adventures wandering around the desert, and then I got Luke, mm-hmm. like, you know, highlighter, yellow-haired Luke with yeah. the lightsaber in his arm, and, you know, those were my first three. And so when I sat down to write Weapon of a Jedi, I was like, I've told this story, I've thought of it, you know, as an eight-year-old kid, but with temple made out of couch cushions and you know <laughs> off we went and you know, it was quite literally a childhood dream come true it was awesome thank you so much jason thank you appreciate it all right that's that for that so we've got more to come tomorrow we're going to be featuring jordan white from marvel comics stay tuned if you had to name an iconic special effect from the star wars movies holograms would jump instantly to mind From the moment Princess Leia appeared in R2-D2's very sneakily done Help Me Obi-Wan Kenobi, You're My Only Hope hologram, everybody has been captivated and transported by the mystery of the technology as well as the mystery of the story it told. That's why I want you to check out SW7x7.com slash hologram to see what Zebra Imaging created with the R2-D2 and Princess Leia scene as well as their other holograms as well. It's almost as good as having the real thing right in your home. One more time, that's SW7x7.com slash hologram to see it for yourself. All right, it's time for your trivia question of the day. This is a rebellion, isn't it? I rebel. Last time we asked you what Ray was staring at while she was at the washing station that caused her to get distracted and stop washing the parts that she had been washing to sell to Unkar Plutt, and that was a spaceship taking off. That's what she was watching. Today's question, what percentage of a portion did Ray receive for the very first set of doodads that we see her trading into Unkar Plutt in The Force Awakens? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before your head gets stuck on a battle droid body, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if the show's been worth your time, please support us at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a series of bad puns, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.